0: Hello, and welcome back to the Come, Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard. I'm a pastor in Payson, Utah at Orchard Hills Bible Church, and today we are looking at the book of Habakkuk. What I've been doing in this series is following along the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints curriculum schedule for Come, Follow Me, their Sunday school program. And in 2022, that organization has been going through the Old Testament. And for the week of November 28th to December 4th, Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah are on the schedule. And uh, those are small books. You know, that's why they're called Minor Prophets is because the books are smaller. But, uh, boy, trying to do all three of them is difficult. So we're just going to focus on Habakkuk today, doing a a brief overview of Habakkuk. When I was a new Christian, I didn't know how to pronounce uh, that, that name, Habakkuk. So I said Habakkuk. And, uh, at that time, I think someone corrected me and said Habakkuk, but truth be told, I don't think it matters at all. So however you want to pronounce Habakkuk, go ahead and do it. But I've landed on Habakkuk. That's, (laughs) that's the pronunciation that I go with. All right. Um, well, Habakkuk is an interesting book because he is in Judah. He's a prophet, of course. And in Judah, he is crying out to God for mercy, Essentially, there's a a verse at the start of chapter three. The book is only three chapters, but there's a verse in chapter three where Habakkuk says to the Lord in wrath, remember mercy. So he's basically just, you know, crying out to God saying, have mercy on your people. Now, Judah uh, at this time, of course, was sinful. That's just kind of anytime you pop in to see how Israel or Judah is doing in the Old Testament, more often than not, they're in a, a rough spot. They're, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're being rebellious. And that's the case here in Habakkuk. Judah is being rebellious, and Judah is being judged by God. What's interesting is that they are being judged by God by their enemies having success over them, particularly the Chaldeans, you know, the, the Babylonians, these constant thorns in the side for Israel are having military victory. They're having uh, victory in battle over Judah. And this is God's doing, giving them the victory. And it's not that God is looking at the Chaldeans and saying that they're great, that that the Babylonians are better than the Israelites. That's not it at all. It's God giving his people their due judgment for rebelling against his ways. There's a verse in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 4, that says it's time for judgment to begin with the house of God. Well, when we go back to Israel's history, we see something of that happening in Habakkuk's time, where judgment is beginning with God's own people, and he's using their enemies, Israel's enemies, to inflict that judgment on them. And so Habakkuk starts out in his book saying, how long, oh Lord, are you going to let all this go on? There's just violence everywhere. And I'm crying out for help, and I'm not seeing any help. And so the first two chapters of Habakkuk is basically Habakkuk and God dialoguing about this issue, and God saying, you wouldn't even understand what's going on if I told you. That's what God says in chapter 1. But basically Habakkuk is wanting answers, and so God gives him some answers. And you, you can read through that. It's only two chapters. But what's very interesting is in one of God's replies to this prophet, he says something just, just really deep and profound. This is Habakkuk two four. God speaking. He says, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. And so again, it's not God saying that the Babylonians are great, that these Chaldeans are models for what God wants people to be on the face of the earth. He's saying... He, I mean, there's a a section in Habakkuk where he's basically saying woe to the Chaldeans, the ones whom he is giving victory. Woe to them. They are proud. Their souls are not right within them. I mean, of course, there are even Israelites that fit that description. But God gives this principle. There is life lived. There is life obtained by the righteous, and it's through faith. It says, the righteous will live by his faith. Now, that's that's the deep, profound, interesting statement that God makes in Habakkuk. And what makes it so interesting, because it would be very easy to overlook that in, in this prophecy, just to blow by it and think, okay, yeah, whatever, and you're just reading on. But what makes us stop and pause here is that this verse comes up a couple of times in Paul's letters in the New Testament. Perhaps most famously is in Romans uh, chapter 1, where Paul is talking about the gospel and starting off his letter to that church in Rome. He says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So here the apostle is making a connection between this principle that God gave the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk some 650 years before this just about I mean 650 years is a long time but but Paul is seeing this principle play out into the New Testament church and he's saying just as it was true for the Israelite in Habakkuk's day that he will live by faith the righteous will live by faith so it is still true today and it's true today in light of the gospel which is the the new good news that Paul had and the other believers had that Jesus had come the son of god took on flesh that Jesus died in their place for their sins and rose again that they could be made right with god by faith that's the good news is that Righteousness comes by faith. Paul gets very detailed about this in chapter 3 of Romans, where he says the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. And that here we're getting this idea opened up from the very beginning of the letter to the Romans, that the righteousness of God comes to those who believe. The righteous will live by faith. And the good news, again, of the gospel is that Through believing only, not through works, but through believing, righteousness is attained. And that is what separates biblical Christianity from every other religion in the world, every other man-made philosophy or system. What separates biblical Christianity from everything else is that by faith alone, it is credited to a person that he's righteous. And this begins all the way back in Abraham's life, actually, Genesis 15, 6. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And that's, that's pretty amazing. All the way back in Genesis with Abraham, that statement was made. And so here, Habakkuk says, and or Habakkuk has recorded God saying to him in chapter 2, verse 4, the righteous will live by faith. Paul picks it up in Romans chapter 1. Paul also picks it up in Galatians 3. He says, now it is clear that no one is justified before God by the law, because the righteous will live by faith. Same principle I was just talking about from Romans 1, that the righteousness of God comes by faith. As Romans 3 says, the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. Here in Galatians 3, Paul just says, it is clear, no one is justified before God by the law. Now, what does that mean? Well, to be justified is to be declared innocent. It's a a statement from God as judge pronouncing you as innocent, not guilty, on the merits of another. You are justified not by your own action, because then justification would be by works, but you're justified by the work of Christ. You're justified through the finished work of Jesus— in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says that Jesus has become the righteousness of God to Christians. He is our righteousness. So we hold on to, to what Jesus has done, and we don't put forth anything that we have done. The righteous will live by faith, and that is the great, great good news of the gospel. There is nothing that you can do to make yourself right with God, and Perhaps initially you think, well, that's not good news. Give me something to do. Give me a way to be made right with God. But the, the reality is you can never do enough. If someone says, here's what you got to do, you'll do that and you'll still be unsatisfied. You'll still fall short. You still won't be able to make up for all the bad things that you've done, all the ways that you've offended God and you've gone contrary to his nature, to his commands. You'll never be able to make, make up for that. And so the good news is there is absolute forgiveness in Christ from everything that you've ever done. It can all be washed away. You can be totally, completely forgiven in an instant by faith because the righteous will live by faith. And that's how we get eternal life is by believing in what Jesus has done, by trusting God, and he does the work through faith. It's all by grace through faith. And not only do we get this initial right relationship with God, not only are we made right with Him in an instant, but when that happens, when when you when you believe in Jesus and you're born again, that's the language the Bible uses, when you're born again, that starts a new life of living by faith continually. And you're now living for God, walking by faith is what scripture says. Not in the things that you can see. You're not trusting in the things you can look at and examine. You're trusting ultimately in what you cannot see. You're trusting in God. That's walking, living by faith. And Habakkuk speaks to this as well. God tells him the righteous will live by faith. And so chapter 3 is Habakkuk basically declaring his faith. And I'm sure, I mean, this isn't in Habakkuk, but I'm sure Habakkuk would say, you're right, Lord, I can't understand this. Remember, God told him, if I told you, you wouldn't understand. And Habakkuk at the end here, I'm sure he would say, yeah, okay, this is above my pay grade. I, I I can't wrap my mind around this. God, you are so much bigger than I am. But he believes. Habakkuk is a prophet. He's a man of faith. And that's what he articulates in the last chapter and this is one of my favorite portions it's a top 10 portion of Scripture for me the end of Habakkuk 3 the last few verses I'll pick up in verse 16 and read through the end verse 19 I heard and I trembled within my lips quivered at the sound rottenness entered my bones I trembled where I stood Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in Yahweh. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation." Yahweh, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. And that's how the book ends. Habakkuk was told, look, by, by God, look, I, I, I don't approve of the Chaldeans. I don't approve of your enemies, these Babylonians. And there's coming a day when they will be destroyed But this is what is going to happen for now. This is what I've said is going to happen. You're going to suffer. This nation's going to suffer. You must be disciplined for your sin. But there's coming a day when all things will be made right. And so Habakkuk says here at the end of the book, I have to believe, I have to trust, I have to wait. Though I look around and the things I can examine, the things I can look at with my own eyes, this material world, although I look at it and it's all falling apart all around me, Still, I will trust in God because I have a promise from God that one day this will all be made right. And that is true faith. True faith is leaning on God's promises, trusting in the invisible God, relying upon what he has said. Not trusting in ourselves or our own examination of the world around us. Not trusting in other people or material possessions, but trusting in God alone even when we're going through things in life that we just simply don't understand. And you can have this sort of peace, this sort of contentment and rest with God and with everything in your life where the world is heading. You can have all of that by believing in the gospel. When you trust in what Jesus has done and you rely on Jesus as your righteousness and you rely on the Word of God as your roadmap in life and you look to what God has said in the Bible— You can have this kind of peace with God and peace with the world by believing. The righteous will live by faith. That's a promise. So I hope that was helpful today. Thanks for listening and God bless.